Well, good morning, church. Um, we're going to do something a little different to start out this morning. So on the end of your row, you see a bunch of papers that are stacked up. They weren't accidentally left there, okay? Uh, I want everybody on the end to grab one and pass it down. Everybody in the room should get a piece of paper, okay? If there's not enough, I think we may have some people who could pass out some extra. Um, and so just raise your hand if you don't get one. Also, there may be some left over on other rows. So, hey, hold up your hand real high if you can already tell I need a, a piece of paper. There's some back here. All right, anybody else? Hands up. All right, perfect. So, here's what you're going to do. Um, I'm a youth minister, so I always have some kind of activity I like to do. All right, so take your paper. I want you to turn it. We, is this hot dog or hamburger? This, uh, this way. Okay, long way. Yep. And I want you at the top, do we have pens? Every, okay, everybody's got to find a pen. So those women who have purses and you have like 8,000 pens stored in different pockets, <laughs> if we can pass those around, that'd be great. All right? I don't know if they have those our, our little pencils in the pews in front of you. They might. May have to share. So what you're going to do, it's real simple. I want you to write at the top of your paper, I am dot, dot, dot. And I want it to be pretty big. It's just I am dot, dot, dot. Okay? Underneath that, I want you to write just three things about yourself to complete that sentence. I am hungry. I don't know. Whatever you want to put. All right? I am... 25. I am a youth minister. Whatever you want to put. Okay, I'm going to give you just a few seconds, about 30 seconds to, to get that done. I feel like there should be some kind of elevator music or something going. Yeah. All right, we all there? Okay, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you about two minutes. Yeah, I'm going to give you about two minutes. What I want you to do is this. I want you to take your paper. This is going to be really hard for White Spray Road because here's the catch to this. I don't want you to say anything, Right? And so it's like meet and greet without any words, okay? So it should be completely silent as we go around. And, and you're just going to go introduce yourself to people by what you put down. On, I see some of you are like, oh, no, <laughs> right? <laughs> Scribbling out real quick. So here we go. we got two minutes starting. Let me get my timer on. Right. Wait. Wait. Now, go. No words. No words, White Spirit Road. I knew you'd be bad at that.
All right, we got one minute. Thank you. Thank you. I know. I know. Twenty seconds. Make your way back to your seats. So, uh, if I had a gold medal to give out right now, by the way, Tommy Inman, you would get the gold medal. Because uh, he was, look, Tommy's walking around, and he would walk up to somebody, and he would start to say something. And what do you do, those people around here? He would go. Yeah, he'd cover his mouth. <laughs> That's what I would have to do. Yeah, by the way, that was the loudest I think you've ever been, people. Supposed to be quiet. No, it's okay. So what did you notice about the game? I'm going to talk with you for a second. So tell me some things that you saw. What did you notice in playing this strange and doing this strange activity? I'm looking for some interaction. It's okay to talk to me. Shout at me. Do what now? A lot of smiles. Do what now? Wow, okay, a lot of people mentioning their careers in Christianity. Yeah, what else did you notice? They were all pretty much the same? What what about you, Grandpa? Do, Do what now? Oh, yes, son of God. Okay, a lot of husband and wives, all positive. Honesty. Ooh, that's good. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. How many of you braved and like went to the other side of the, the, the church? Yeah, some of you. So Some of you braved across. How many stayed in your own area and you're like just showing the people right around you? Yeah. We like our comfort zones, don't we? That's okay. That's not what my point is. Uh, so here's, here's what I was thinking. The first time I did that activity, uh, I was one of those that was like, I really wish I wouldn't have written all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, I didn't know I was going to show it to a bunch of people. But the first time I did it, listen, it, I thought it was super interesting. Uh, because I was in a room full of people that I didn't know. And by the way, this is a large congregation, so sometimes it is hard to get to know everyone and feel like we're all connected together, isn't it? And, and, and I thought, you know what? I got to know so many people I had never met before much deeper than if I had used words. Isn't that interesting? I thought it was, was crazy. I mean, immediately you're starting, probably some of you were like, I didn't know this person did that and worked here and went here. And all these different things. And you get to, to learn people. Isn't it crazy how much you can learn when you just ask some questions of people? Um, but here was the other thing I noticed. And this is what I want to focus on. Is Did you catch yourself? This is what I was doing when I first went up. You know, at first you're kind of like, I don't know, this is weird, right? Like, Okay, are we okay here? And you make eye contact with somebody. You're like, okay, there. this is the person I'm going to. And then you kind of walk up and you're like, 
okay, and then let me see yours, and oh, okay, and we smile and kind of laugh, and that was kind of awkward, but that was okay, it felt okay, and then the next one you feel a little bit better, and by the end of it, you're just walking around to people, and you're just going, <laughs> and you're just holding it out, you know, and you get into the task of the thing, and then what happens is you get so focused on the task of holding out your paper and seeing what other people are doing that you forget to look up and to see other people. That's what I noticed, and I was watching some of you um, just walk around, and, and we get so focused on the task at hand that sometimes we forget to look up. And, and, and you know what? Seniors, for you especially, as you leave and, and go on to the next chapter of your life, here's something. Well, first of all, you're facing a lot of stuff. You're facing a whole lot of questions, and they're really big and they're really important. They're, they're exciting and scary questions. Um, they're... That, like you're, you're just in this whole like I don't know whether to be happy, excited, ooh, you know. And one day, you know, parents of seniors, you know, some days they're like yes, and then the other days they're like I don't know what I'm going to do with my life, you know. And it's just this whole thing of trying to figure out uh, what you're going to do. I wrote down some questions that you might be asking. As a senior, you may be asking, should I go to college in the first place? Is that for me? Uh, if I do, where am I going to go? What's my major going to be? You know, who are my friends going to be? Am I going to know people there? Am, am I going to live in a dorm? Am I going to live in an apartment? Am I going to live at home? What's this going to look like? Uh, how am I going to cook more than just cereal for myself, right? Um, yeah, so whenever I got out on my own, I wasn't going to tell the story, but I guess I will. When I got out on my own, don't do this, um, but I was not a cook. And so I survived off of ramen noodles and Little Caesars uh, for like the first year of living on my own in Lubbock, Texas. And... Uh, <laughs> I, I would take the ramen noodles and warm them up in the microwave, first of all, which, I mean, I guess that can work. But then I, didn't, I ran out of bowls because they were all dirty. So instead of, you know, like a good senior guy living on his own for the first time, instead of washing the bowls, that would be too hard, I just grabbed one of our red Solo cups out of the pantry and put the ramen noodles in the red Solo cup and put the red Solo cup in the microwave and ate it out of a melted red Solo cup. Um, I'm surprised I'm still standing here and I'm not dead from something. But, uh, you know, th- those are questions. Where, how am I going to make it? How am I going to function uh, day to day? And, and really, it, it all boils down to this, doesn't it? What am I going to do with the rest of my life? And those are exciting and sometimes scary questions. And you're all in that right now trying to figure out what to do. And although, listen, here's my point for you. Although those are great questions for you to ask, and by the way, for all of us, Uh, we're we're constantly trying to figure out what's next and where we're going and the purpose for our lives. And sometimes I think we get so focused on finding the answers to those questions that we forget to look up. And those are great questions to ask, and that's things you need to figure out and you will continue to figure out. But don't get so focused on the task of going, I've got to answer this question. And you get stressed and you get overwhelmed and it's not going to work and I'm going to fail. And, And when you do that, Satan's got you right where he wants you. Um. You know, Satan, uh, thinking about him, I, I was thinking, you know, he, he's going to be really happy if he can get not just our seniors but all of us to, to live a life full of sin, to forget the things that we were taught growing up here at our church when we go out on our own. If he can get us to fall into certain kinds of addictions and sins and, and pits and snares, yes, he's accomplished what he wants. But I think Satan hates more than anything not – well – Satan hates worship more than anything. Can we agree with that? And and, and worship is simply giving God the credit that he's due. And so that 
He doesn't want God to be worshipped. It's not necessarily that he himself is going, I want to be worshipped. He's just so angry at him and hates God so much that he says, I don't want him to get glory. And so I'm going to try to take that away from Christians. And so his goal for us, yeah, if we fall into a life full of sin and, and, and full of just crazy living, and we're like the, the prodigal and we run off and, and, and squander and, and, and live this life of sin, yeah, that's great. But that's not the only thing he's after. Because worship, like we talked about earlier, it's all about what? It's all about attention. It's all about getting your eyes fixed on God, getting your heart in tune with Him, getting that face time with Him. So what's the opposite of worship? It's distraction. It's distraction. And sometimes we can even get distracted by good questions and searching for good answers and things that need to happen. By the way, one of the, the things in our culture that's so looked on and highly thought of is, hey, how are you? And what do we respond with? I'm fine, just been really busy. And we'll smile and say, oh, that's good. What have you been doing? And, and, and that's, that's respected because you've been busy. If, you don't, if you're not busy, then you're not successful and, and you need to work harder. But I think Satan, a lot of times, he's happy to keep you busy. He's happy to keep you distracted. And so here's my, my challenge for all of us, not just our seniors, but definitely as you are changing and, and moving into the next phase of your life, here's my challenge for you. Don't get so distracted with, the th- with these questions and the things of college and grades and studies and all of that, which is all great. But don't get so caught up in answering that stuff and focused on that stuff that you forget to look up. Forget to look up and see the people around you, the relationships you can build, to see the families that love you and are still here for you, and to also see the God that reigns over you. Listen, of course, Satan will be happy if he can get you to fall off the deep end, but he's also happy if he can just get you distracted from worshiping him. Um, I've got a couple of scriptures here that this is what we need to do is, is simply keep our eyes on Jesus. And by the way, he's the one that has the answers to every single one of those questions that you're dealing with, and that should give you comfort. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. He's got it all figured out. And when you get stressed and overwhelmed because you don't know what tomorrow looks like and you don't know where you're going to go and what life's going to look like, make sure you just keep looking up to the one that does know what tomorrow looks like. And Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to those that love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. Uh, And so I'm going to leave us with this next verse. And this is my charge right here. Hebrews 12 and verse 2. It was read earlier by Jay. It says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Uh, With that, I want to ask Brad and Hayes to come on up. Um, Let's give them a round of applause. A couple of our seniors. Uh, these are a couple of our, our seniors. They're great, great godly men. And uh, I've just asked them uh, to share a little bit of what's on their heart as they're preparing to move into the next uh, chapter of their life. And so, guys, I'm going to say a prayer over you, and then Brad, you'll be first. All right? Let's pray. God, thank you so much 
uh, for loving us and, and taking care of us and for having a plan for us when sometimes we don't know exactly what the next uh, step looks like. And God, there are moments where we have to walk by faith and not walk by sight. And so I pray that's, uh, that's what we do, uh, especially our senior class right now, that, that we walk by faith, not by sight. When they don't know where to go next, God, just help them to continue to look up to you and to keep their eyes fixed on you, knowing that you have a plan and it's a good plan. And you know the future, even when we don't. And so, God, help us to not fall into Satan's snare by, by being so focused on all these other things that we forget to look up. We love you. Be with Brad and Hayes. Thank you so much for their faith, their love, and commitment to you. And bless them with uh, remembrance of the things they've prepared and passion to speak the truth. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. Oh, that's, that was bad. Uh, good morning, church. I've always wanted to do that. It's, it's fun. Um, I'm Brad Gregg. Um, I've been attending this church for five years now, and it's, this church has been so good, uh, great to me. And Nathan, Spencer, Carol, uh, they've been always uh, helped us grow. Our teen church grows so much. So I just want to start with that. That was awesome, guys. Um, so it's been a quick 18 years for our seniors. I can probably speak for the most of us. Uh, we're all ready to leave our uh, home, move out of our parents' house and go off to college. But we're all going to miss this place. This church has, means so much to us. And I just want to start, start off saying thanks to White's Fair Road staff and all these people here. You guys make this church amazing. It's so hard to leave this place. So as we seniors leave our youth group at this church, I'd like to leave the young ones and even the older ones a message that I prepared for you today. Uh, to start off, uh, my lesson will be about leadership. To start off, the definition of leadership is the action of leading a group or people of an organization. Uh, now, what I think of leadership can mean many things, and I prepared three points. One, everyone has influence, whether you want it or not. It means you have influence on someone. The young, young kids, even like middle school, elementary, they have influence. Even the older ones, they have influence on the adults. When I was in fourth grade at school, I've always looked up to the sixth graders since they were the oldest at our school, since we were in elementary school. They've been, I always looked to them since they were a lot older than me. And that's what I think of leadership. The eight, right, right now, I think the age difference is much leadership. Because like in the sixth grade, these, uh, all these kids brought their lunch boxes and had like Star Wars Clone Wars on it. And I think that's pretty cool. So I always bring a Star Wars Clone Wars lunchbox to me. And that's how I see it. I look up to them as leadership. And they're still, they're, they were cool back then, and they're still pretty cool now, aren't they? Yeah. And I would always do the things they would do, uh, act cool, and everything they do. That's always I see leadership. So even if you're not a leader, if you don't think you're a leader, don't believe it. Because these little kids down here, they're still leaders to everyone else. Like elementary kids, they're a leader to the, uh, even the one in nursery. They want to be like them. High school, we're leaders to middle school. And even adults, you're all leaders to us. And that's one thing I think of leadership as. First Thessalonians 1, 6 through 7 says, And you become imitators of us and all the Lord, for you receive the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you become an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. That's a hard word. It's Achaia. So this, this uh, 
book is a letter from Paul he wrote to the church of Thessalonia, telling him that they have influence on the neighbors of Macedonia and Achaia. My second point is relationships build leadership. Many people think that leadership is like a general leading leading an army or a boss leading their group of workers into to a success. I picture one person talking to one person. All I do is hang out, and all I do is talk. That's all I do, and that builds relationship. And I've experienced this scenario many times with different people in our youth group and even adults. That all we do is talk, and we just and I see the other person as a leader, and back they see me as a leader to them, and that's growing relationship. That's how leadership can grow. Almost every day, I just hang out with friends and talk. Like every day, like I go my, almost every Saturday, I go out with some friends or even one friend. We just go out and just have fun and just talk, and we grow that relationship. And I see that growing every day, and it helps me. He helps me. He, be, he makes me be a leader every day and trying to. Oh, sorry about that. He makes uh, me want be like God every day, and I want to be like Him every day because seeing Him, the leadership in Him makes helps me every day. If you don't already know, the youth group here has a guys group that meets occasionally every day, every time, and it's it's just a group of guys. And sometimes we don't even talk about the Bible at all. All we do is talk about ourselves and how life is going for us, and that helps me very much because everything. I, oh, I'm sorry, I'm just stuttering a lot, y'all. It's hard. But all we do is just talk, sit and talk, even play games. But all we do, but I see these guys in leadership every day. Because they're there for one of us. And it helps me very great. And I see them as leaders every day. Uh, Proverbs 27:17 says, Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. So we all sharpen each other. We always be there for another. And that helps us grow in our relationships. And the last point right here is leaders serve. It's not about what we say as leaders, but about what we do. An example of showing leadership is just helping others in need. Every even oh no, um, anything of point. Uh, last spring, uh, like a year ago, spring break, I was at Lubbock, Texas, for a ministry called AIM, and all we do is uh, help others clean up messes and do missionary work for everyone else. And it helps me really good because I see myself growing in that spot and becoming a leader to everyone I help with them. And I can, and even at camp for the past couple of years, I've been a junior counselor. And I see these kids, and they're amazing. And they see me as a leader because I'm there for them, and no matter what, and I serve for them. So I see they see me as a leader. And, and whenever I have free time and someone needs help, either cleaning mess or anything, I always do that, and it helps me become a leader every day. Luke 22:26 says, "Rather let the greatest among you become as." as the greatest among you become as the youngest and the leader as one who serves. So I challenge us seniors and everyone else today that uh, to the rest of y'all to be leaders. Be there for someone. Help others out. People see you as leaders, so not, no matter what they say. But most importantly, God sees you as a leader to everybody else. Thank you. I'm Hayes uh, Walker. My mom is a Katie Martinez, and uh, I've just grown up in this church uh, for a couple years now. And these uh, 
dudes just uh, really accepted me into their family. And, uh, you know, we're going through a big part of uh, life now. We're changing from uh, high school to college. And a key part of that is trusting God. And uh, we've always got big decisions. You know, there's uh, colleges that are far off, colleges that are close. And we're going to have just a lot of different influences, like old friends and maybe you don't know anybody from uh, the next college you're going to. And so you just got to pray and ask God for guidance and uh, wisdom and just trust in him that his plan is perfect for you. And uh, trust is just built on reliability and uh, sticking your neck out for uh, just the relationship. And uh, so, like, whenever you're talking to a friend, you know, you're sticking your neck out by giving uh, them trust. And they're sticking your, their neck out for you. By uh, They might lose that trust if they mess that up. And it's the same with God. we got to stick our neck out and uh, trust in him that everything's going to be all right. And uh, trust is just a key part of every single relationship if it's not the most uh, important part of a relationship. Because really without it, you can't have one. You can't have a relationship at all. And so just uh, to build a, rela- tr- a relationship with God, we got to trust him. And to trust in him, we, uh, we just got to pray a ton. You don't build a relationship with a friend with just having one conversation with them or just talking to them a couple times. You got to really get to know them. And so we do that through prayer with God. We got to really get to know him and uh, just have conversations with him. And in James, it talks about how we should pray for each other. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. And so the more we pray for others, their relationship with God is going to grow. And the same for us. And our trust in him is just going to grow. And we also have to read, dive deep into the word. That's our sword. And uh, we just got to grow more into him and uh, find the answers that are all in there that God's given to us. And uh, there's many people you can read about that that are looking for answers, that are just trusting in God, waiting for him to answer their prayers. And they've got to wait forever and just a ton of time. They've got to just have patience. You can also read about people that are just that what happens when they don't have patience and how God treats that. And uh, we just got to put, put our trust in nothing but him. Make sure that he is our only outlet of trust. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. We've got to trust in him and only him. Because if we trust in anything but him, that's of the world. It's of Satan. And so... We just got to make sure that we're not trusting of the world because that's going to bring us a lot of pain and it's going to break our bond between us and God. And uh, it's, we're going to lose that trust. And we can trust in him because he gave us his son. He wouldn't just give us his son to die for us when we were sinful and hated him, hated him to leave us now and forsake us. He'll never forsake us. He'll always be there for us. In Psalm, it says, But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. We can trust in him because his love is unfailing. He'll always love us, and everything he does for us is because he loves us. He is perfect, and everything he does for us is perfect. His will, his timing, everything. We just got to be patient, trust in him, make sure we pray for, us, pray for ourselves, pray for others, and just make sure we dive deep into the word and trust in nothing else but him. And I just want to leave one thing before uh, I end uh, for my other senior classmates. Uh, as we go off to college, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, temptation and uh, hard decisions we got to go through. And uh, 
And so we just got to stay true to God. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, it says, Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. We've all, most of us, have uh, just grown up in this church, and we've called our, ourselves Christians for our entire life. Well, our hardest tests are going to come in college, and our most temptations are going to come then, and we just got to stay true to God and fight the good fight. Thank you. Wow, guys, uh, they did excellent, didn't they? Um, yeah, we can, we can give it for them one more time. I'm really proud of them. Um, I know it's, it's nerve-wracking getting up here, and, and it seems easy until you stand here and you see how many people are in front of you, and then those nerves start getting in, and you guys did excellent. Great job. Thank you so much for that. What an awesome message of, of leadership and trust. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty proud and excited about our senior class, and I can't wait to see what God has in store uh, for all of you. And so thank you guys for that. What we're going to do uh, real quick as we wrap up, uh, I've got a video that I want everybody to watch. And uh, seniors, I really want you to pay special close attention because this is like as important as it gets right here. And so let's watch this video. It was an accident waiting to happen, an open sewer manhole, and a girl who was walking and texting. Now a city department has a lot of explaining to do, and CBS 2's Dave Carlin reports. It was like something out of a movie. Sliced and bruised is 15-year-old Alexa Longuera, whose sidewalk tumble into an open sewer Wednesday night is stirring up a city investigation. This stupid mistake, that Kale's mistake, I got hurt, you know? They are a pair of workers with the City Department of Environmental Protection who pulled the cover off the sewer on Victory Boulevard to flush it out. Alexa's angry mother, Kim, calls what happened next criminal. It was opened, the truck was parked behind that pole, and they walked a good butt, 10, 15 feet at least, to go get the cones. Unless it opens. Right. Cone should have been here first. Alexa, who was walking to the store with a friend, felt the earth move suddenly. Everything was dark and smelly. It was just really gross and just... And it was just shocking. It was scary. Alexa admits this is what she was doing, texting while walking, and she did not notice the open manhole cover. Down she went five feet into the muck. It was over my head. She says an apologetic DEP worker helped her get out. She went to the hospital, and the city opened the investigation, issuing this statement. We regret that this happened and wish the young woman a speedy recovery. Regardless if I'm texting or not, like if there was cones there, I'm going to see a big orange cone. The family may sue the city. Medical bills are mounting. And Alexa lost one shoe. Do you want that shoe back? No. I could just stay there. Dave Carlin, CBS 2 News. The girl's mother said Alexa will see more doctors next week to get an MRI and check for damage to her spine. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I guess the message of the day is don't text and walk when you're uh, out of college. No, uh, but in all seriousness, uh, the, the goal for us is to look up because as funny as that video is, I think it is, it is true, isn't it, that there are pits and there are traps that we can all fall into if we don't have our eyes fixed on Jesus and looking up to see the people that we can have relationships with and the families that love us still. And, and so as you go and as you turn into the next chapter, don't get so focused and caught up on all the things that, yeah, are important, 
that you miss so much because your eyes are, are kept down low. And, and, and that's the way we fall into the traps of Satan. He's got us right when, where he wants us when we're too busy looking down instead of looking up. And so as a church, I think that's a, a message for all of us, isn't it? Um, not just for our seniors, but all of us. It's so easy for us to get distracted from, from Jesus. And that's the opposite of worship. It's distraction. And that's exactly where Satan wants each one of us. Uh, and so if you realize that you, you take a look at yourself right now and say, wow, I've been distracted, even maybe by good things and just haven't given enough time and energy and focus on God or my family or my kids or whatever it may be for you, what better time than to get your eyes fixed on him than right now as together we stand and sing.